My name is Dr. Ian Storch. I'm a board-certified gastroenterologist and osteopathic physician, and you are listening to DO or Do Not. If you're interested in joining our team or have suggestions or comments, please contact us at doordonotpodcast.com. Share our link with your friends and like us on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, my name is Brooke Pileggi, OMS2 at the Alabama College of Osteopathic Medicine, and you are listening to DO or Do Not. In April of 2022, the American Association of Colleges of Osteopathic Medicine, otherwise known as AACOM, graciously invited the DO or Do Not podcast to attend their national meeting, Educating Leaders Conference in Denver, Colorado. Our two producers, myself, as well as Lerone Clark, who is an OMS2 at the New York Institute of Technology College of Osteopathic Medicine, as well as Ben Berg, our pre-medical student liaison, attended the conference to continue our mission of promoting awareness of osteopathic medicine by interviewing leaders in the field. We would like to thank Dr. Robert Kane, president of AACOM, Joseph Shapiro, director of media relations, and Helene Cameron, vice president of medical education services, for having us at the conference and supporting the podcast. Personally, I had an amazing experience and would recommend the conference for any medical or pre-medical students interested in learning more about the inner workings of osteopathic medicine and osteopathic medical education. For those listeners who are not familiar, the National Resident Matching Program, or NRMP, is the program that allows medical students and residencies to match getting the best candidates for residency programs and the best program for future doctors. Simplistically, a rank list is submitted by both the candidates and the program and both lists go through a complex algorithm. The result is a match which is a binding contract for both parties. Historically, there were two matches, a DO match and an MD match, which was the NRMP. DOs were always considered free agents and able to go through either system. In June of 2020, a single accreditation system for all residencies was mandated in the United States. The implementation of this system was completed in June of 2020. Dr. Lori Curtin is a member of the NRMP, where she has many roles including supporting the CEO in tasks such as board-related activities, maintaining clear and concise policies, and guiding the implementation of the research agenda. In this episode, we are excited to have Dr. Curtin present to us the details about the matching process, which is important to DO applicants. She will share where to find match resources important to both pre-med and medical students. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome to the DO or Do Not podcast. And today we have Laurie Curtin, and who's going to be talking with us from the National Resident Matching Program. How are you, Dr. Curtin? I am great. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here. We're glad to have you, and we look forward to a fruitful conversation. Terrific. So the first question we have for you is, for current pre-med and medical students, can you start by telling us what the NRMP is and a little bit about the match and how it works? Sure. The NRMP was created in 1952 at the behest, really, of medical students as a solution to how graduating medical students could obtain their residency positions. 
At the time, the process by which students selected residency training had become pretty chaotic. There were exploding offers that were extended to students, and they had 24 to 48 hours to make a decision. Sometimes those offers were coming in a student's second year of medical school before they'd even started any sort of clerkship, might have any real idea of what specialty they might want to pursue. And it was super stressful, a lot of chaos. National organizations at the time had made various attempts to sort of stem that chaos and establish some playing rules, but nothing really stuck, nothing really worked. So a clearinghouse that used an algorithm was identified as probably the most objective way to try and address these problems. So the first match using the algorithm that was selected by this collaborative of medical education organizations was in 1952. The match was deemed a success and the NRMP was incorporated in 1953, actually as the NIMP, the National Intern Matching Program, because residencies didn't exist in 1952, only internships did. So the premise to provide a uniform, sort of transparent mechanism for identifying and ranking training preferences and obtaining the best possible outcome based on those ranked preferences is really still true today, 70 years later. I think the match works because the algorithm is making matches based solely on applicant and program preferences. It doesn't care if the applicant is male or female or black or white or short or tall, those things don't matter. It's objective and it creates the best possible outcomes because applicants and programs cannot match to a program or applicant they didn't rank. The algorithm doesn't work that way. And it's unlikely that they could achieve a better position outside of the match since they couldn't know for sure that a better offer than the one accepted might not be forthcoming. And that's what the match helps solve as well. That's a little bit about the match. All right, thank you so much. That was great information and I think that was really helpful. Good. So you're the Chief Policy and Research Officer for the organization. So can you tell us what your role is and what you do at the organization? Sure. My primary focus, a sort of three-prong approach, I think. One is supporting the CEO in helping her with board-related activities. I do love governance and association management, so that's a lot of fun. I also help the CEO and the board maintain clear and concise policies that sort of outline the rights and responsibilities of participants in the match. And I'm also guiding the implementation of a strategic research agenda so that we can start to inform some of the critical conversations out there about the transition and ways to improve it. So that keeps me busy. That's great. Awesome. Have there been any recent changes to the match process and how do these impact students? I wouldn't say that there have been big changes to the match process. The, the, the match is very cyclical. You know, we open in September and it culminates the third week of March and it has since I've been at the NRMP and that's been a, a pretty good while. But we did respond to sort of the unprecedented impact of COVID on medical education and training by modifying the match schedule for 21 and 22 to allow for more time for interviewing and ranking. We had, nobody had any idea what the virtual experience was gonna be. Stresses to be sure, but wanting to allow people more time to sort of breathe through that process. So we did make those changes. And this year we made some changes to the match week schedule to give unmatched applicants some more time to consider the unfilled positions to which they wanted to apply while still giving programs ample time to review those applicants and applications. I think that was a good change this year. I hope it's one that was met with approval by those who had to go through some match week activities and we're still gathering some information about that. But also I think from a process perspective, we did recently overhaul the match participation agreements to make them cleaner and clearer and easier to, to digest. The, the match agreement is sort of 
the, the big document that outlines the do's and the don'ts and the rights and responsibilities and here's what a sponsored applicant means and here's what you do if you have a binding commitment and you can't honor it. It's all of, all of that information, but they had become quite lengthy. The longest was about 40 pages and it's hard for anyone to try to absorb that much information. So the NRMP executive leadership, the CEO in particular, worked really hard to try to cull them down to sort of the essential do's and don'ts cut the size by about half. 20 pages is definitely better so that all participants would have a better understanding of what the match process is. Um, we also modernized and expanded on our codes of conduct historically in a partnership with the Organization of Program Director Associations back in 2012. We created a code of conduct that wasn't enforced under the match agreement but tried to provide some guidance on professional and responsible behavior. So the board decided it would be good to modernize that as well, but create one for applicants and programs and medical schools. That really, again, was just to inform how to make sure things are going as well as they possibly can through the recruitment and matching processes. So we, we worked on those for this year's match too, and I would hope that students would see the value of just a clear understanding and navigation so that their overall experience is just better. That's our goal. So another question is, are DO and MD students organized differently in any way in the match process? And if so, what's the impact of this? Well, they aren't organized differently now, but that wasn't always the case. So prior to the single accreditation, MD and D DO seniors were viewed differently under the terms of the match agreement. So pretty much since the inception of the match, MD seniors been considered sponsored applicants. That's the terminology we use in the policies. And what that means in today's terms is that they have to obtain their, their residency training through the NRMP or another national matching plan, because there are other ones out there, and only their MD school officials can withdraw them, and for very specific reasons. DO seniors and graduates, which historically had been grouped together for reporting purposes, at least for, for our organization, and U.S. Uh, and non-U.S. IMGs were considered independent applicants. So you had sponsored applicants and independent applicants, and independent applicants could register for the match when they wanted. They could withdraw themselves for non-match positions if that's what they wanted to do. But once the NRMP realized that the single accreditation process was, was really moving forward and gaining some momentum, we sat down with the ACOM leadership to consider ways to start tracking the DO experience in a more meaningful way. So in 2018, we started generating a couple of really important reports for the community. One was the Characteristics of Match Seniors report. That is a report we send to the DO medical schools. It identifies the specialties to which that school's DO students have matched and then compares that data to 25th, 50th, 75th percentiles for all medical schools. So it gives you sort of a, a, a bubble view of, of your particular school, but how that's rating compared to other similar schools. And that is a report that had been exclusively produced for MD schools for years, but we realized we really needed to start giving uh, that data to the DO schools as well. Also in 2018, we disaggregated the biennial publication of charting outcomes into the, uh, charting outcomes in the match into separate versions. We now have one for MD seniors, DO seniors, and IMGs. And for those listening who may not know what that report is, it is one we, we produce every other year and it conveys the characteristics of applicants who match to their preferred specialties. So if you're really interested in dermatology or you're really interested in pathology, this is a report that gives you some idea of what students who matched or in applicants who matched into those specialties sort of look like. It's a comparison, it's not 
black and white, but it's an idea to sort of help give you a gauge, which the medical schools also really like for counseling purposes. So in 2018 was the first year that we produced that report specifically for DO seniors. And then probably the, the last couple of things that we did was we updated our website to start helping new DO students and programs who had never been with the, the NRMP, didn't know much about the main residency match, start to understand how it was similar to and how it was different from the AOA match to try to give them some, some climate or culture to start to learn where, where some changes might be. And then in, with the single accreditation complete uh, in 2020 in the first single match, that's what we refer to, the 2020 match is the first single match, we did change the policies to make MD and DO senior sponsored applicants in the match. So the same rules apply to both now. They are looked at and viewed exactly the same. And we revised our annual results and data book to create tables that specifically track and highlight DO senior match experiences. So we also revised surveys, and we've been working on this also with, with some um, osteopathic leadership to look at our program director surveys to better understand how programs use COMLEX and USMLE scores for DO candidates, because that's an area that's really important and certainly of concern to some in the DO community, the stresses and strains that may place on applicants and really trying to understand where programs are relying on those scores and, and why. So these, these are things we've been happy to do. I think it has strengthened the relationship that the NRMP has with the DO community. And I'm hoping that it gives the DO community access to uh, high quality specific information that helps them really understand the nuances of their community. So more to come on that front, I'm sure. That was very helpful. Thank you so much. I'm sure a lot of uh, DO students would appreciate that information. Good. What trends have you noticed in rates of successful matches for DL students since the uh, AOA and ACGME residency merger? Sure. I would, even going back further than, than, the, than the merger, the match rates for DO seniors have steadily increased over time. We've had more DO seniors coming into the match, obviously, with, with, with just the one, with the one match now, that makes sense. But even historically, the NRMP probably had anywhere from 35 to 50% of graduating DO seniors who would participate in both the AOA match and the main residency match. So we've had DO seniors for years and years, but definitely their match rates have increased steadily over a year. And the cohort this year received a 91.3% match rate, which is the highest ever for the DO community. And I think as class sizes grow, it's gonna be interesting to watch how those trends continue. Great, thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of our pre-meds and medical students, uh, what are the current specialties that have the highest number of osteopathic residents and what specialties have the least? You know, there are actually a couple of ways to look at this. So I'm going to sort of come at this from, from sort of a two-sided approach. In 2021, which is the last year for which we have comprehensive data, that's the results and data book from 2021, we're still working on this year's, right? So if you go back and look at 2021, the specialties most preferred by DO seniors included internal medicine, family medicine, emergency medicine, pediatrics, and psychiatry. And that's just based on the raw numbers of applicants who ranked those specialties as either their only choice or their first choice. Okay. So you can see a similar profile in 2020, but with an uptick actually in 2021 for preferences to general surgery. So that gives you one idea, just what specialties are they ranking as either their top choice or their only choice for training? Another way to look at it is how well are DO seniors matching into their preferred specialties. And I'm gonna show some data in my presentation here at the ACOM meeting that DO seniors preferring these specialties 
generally speaking, match at very high rates. 94% match rate for medicine, 96% match rate for family medicine, 97% match rate for pediatrics. And that's in 2022, because we do have those numbers now. For 2022, we can also show that the match rates for DOs who preferred emergency medicine jumped 13 percentage points. And for psychiatry, it jumped 14 percentage points. There also was an increase in match rates for DO seniors who preferred orthopedic surgery, super competitive, up from 44% in 2021 to 56% in 2022. So what I think the data show, however way you want to slice it, I think what the data suggest is that the specialties DO seniors want, they are ones that they are competitive for, and they are showing an increased competitiveness year over year. So are there any differences in how osteopathic students should navigate the match process? Not really. The recommendations and resources that the NRMP provides to applicants really apply uniformly to all applicants. We want applicants to be considering all of their choices for training and to rank those choices based on true preferences and then just be excited to train after graduation. Certainly there are some unique requirements. IMGs, for example, have to meet the requirements for ECFMG certification so that they can participate in the match. But we see applicants as applicants and we provide the same guidance and recommendations to all of them. And that first and foremost is a rank in order of your true preferences. All right, so switching gears just a little bit, are there any new policies that you feel will impact osteopathic students in the near future? I don't think there are substantive changes in match policy on the horizon. Like I said, we just sort of overhauled the match agreements and the policies, and it gives people whiplash if we make too many substantive changes year over year. And that was a Herculean effort on the part of the executive leadership, and I think they're in great shape. We are sensitive, and RMP I think is extremely sensitive to the stressors that exist throughout the transition. And our board looks at those regularly to see if and how and in what way NRMP might assist or inform better practices. So I think a good example of that is the statement on interviewing we released this last fall and our efforts, as I already mentioned in an earlier with an earlier question, to mod- modernize the codes of conduct for applicants and programs and schools. You know, we want those involved in the match to feel that the experience is fair that it's equitable, and that it's transparent. And so the NRMP is committed to reviewing its policies and its processes as often as needed to ensure that we're doing our part. It is an active process that the staff engages in with the board every year. I also think that's where the strategic research agenda comes in that I mentioned earlier on. It is no surprise to anyone that the transition to residency needs some improvement. It does. But how those improvements are made and when they're made and where along the continuum they're made, I think needs really careful study. And so with the research agenda, I think the NRMP is really ready to sort of think outside of the box and identify ways that we can leverage our data in new ways and maybe through some new partnerships to try and understand where the challenges exist and how we solve them. I think it's hard because people want answers and I get it. And research takes time. So if we can form good partnerships, if we can ask the right questions and develop the research to answer those questions and then be able to try to feed that to the community on a regular basis, I'm hopeful that it will help. I'm optimistic. I think research has real potential to try to address some of these issues. Where should osteopathic (laughs) students look for information regarding the match process and how how soon should they think about this? I'm actually glad you asked that because <laughs> we just <laughs> launched we just launched a new NRMP website this past December 
And I'm hopeful for those who went through the DO community, who went through the 2022 match. I hope they had to go to the website. I hope they found it to be a better experience, an easier way to find information, digest information. So the website is good. Five months away from the 2023 match or you're a few years away. I think the website's just a great place to go and get information and just start to familiarize yourself with some of the terminology, some of the process. We also have a YouTube channel where we keep a curated list of videos for applicants and for schools and for programs and institutions. They cover a range of topics. The matching process, what is that really about? Or how the matching algorithm works? Or how to certify a rank order list? Or what do those policies really mean again? And for anyone thinking about or getting ready to enter the match, I think the videos are also an excellent way to just take a quick five, six minutes and learn a little something about the process. We also stay active on social media. We would love to have more followers. We use it for deadlines, certainly reminders, but also for commonly asked questions, things that we know students and programs in particular always ask. We'll always uh, advertise our new resources when we build them. And we also will give a shout out to MedEd articles that we think could benefit the community. We welcome anybody who wants to know more. I have to give a shout out for our absolutely fantastic client support specialist team. They are there every day on the emails, on the chat, on the phones. And if you have questions, just give us a call. Even if you're a few years away, we are here to help and I think have some good resources to help demystify the match process. Thank you so much for that information. I think a lot of students will find that helpful. What are the current trends that you've seen with minority students in the match program? Are you seeing any numbers increasing, decreasing, any specialties? So this is a top focus for the NRMP. Before the 2022 match, NRMP collected very little personal information on applicants. We asked for some basic contact information and we asked for graduation date and that covered most of it. Um, so right now, I really can't give much insight into sort of the experience of underrepresented groups in the match. But with the 2022 match, we launched a series of applicant demographic data questions as part of the match registration process so that we could really begin to understand what the modern applicant looks like. I'm not sure anybody really knows. And well, at least more importantly, how the modern applicant looks compared to the interplay with preferred specialties and with match outcomes. That information isn't out there. And so this was an undertaking by the board that's gone back over a year to really try to understand what questions we should ask, how that would be built into the match registration process, and what outcomes we really want to look at. We're working on the analyses right now. We aim to have a report out by the end of this summer. We want these data and the analyses to inform and guide very needed conversations about diversity in medicine. And we look forward to how our data can contribute to those conversations and where it goes from there. So stay tuned. Well, what are some of the most significant changes that you've seen uh, in the match data? Well, it seems like every year <laughs> we say the main match was the largest on record. It seems like that was just something we would say every year. Medical student registrants increase every year as do the number of positions that are in the match. Participation rates among US and non-US IMGs, those tend to fluctuate a bit more, but our senior groups, they grow every single year. But what does this mean for fill rates and specialties? And interestingly, fill rates remain pretty constant. By and large, the fill rates for most specialties are pretty high. There are lots of applicants vying for those positions, and so those, those specialties fill. The surgical subspecialties are competitive with few, if any, positions that remain unfilled after the matching algorithm process is processed. But 
For other specialties, we do definitely see trends. This year, the fill rate for emergency medicine declined. There were fewer MD and DO seniors ranking that specialty. But my guess is that the specialty is probably going to make some internal course corrections and it's going to even out. We saw that happen with diagnostic radiology some years ago. So trends are good to watch with the exception of maybe the surgical subspecialties, which are competitive and and mostly fill. There is some slight fluctuations in those fill rates. And I think some of that's driven by availability of positions post-residency, what's driving interest among graduating cohorts and sort of where they are, I think, in their own personal experiences and and how medicine resonates with them. Our match reports, I think, are interesting places to look at the trends and understand how the specialties and the workforces they attract ebb and flow. As we move beyond the single accreditation, we continue to enhance our reporting, provide comprehensive profiles of both MD and DO populations, and I think we'll grow in our understanding of what resonates with young physicians as they move into their careers. We'll see what happens. Thank you so much, Dr. Kirchen, for answering our questions today. It was great to have you on our podcast. You're so helpful and insightful on this information. And I think a lot of students will find great benefit in listening to this later on. Well, I certainly hope so. This has been an honor for me. I hope the information is helpful. And again, whatever place you are along the medical school continuum, don't hesitate to reach out to NRMP with questions or ideas. You will find open ears and helpful voices. This concludes our episode of Do or Do Not. Send all inquiries, comments, suggestions, and even let us know if there's someone you want us to interview to doordonotpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at Do or Do Not Podcast for updates. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share it with your classmates and administration. We have plenty of more interviews lined up, and we're excited to share them with you. This is Tian Yu Shea. Thank you guys so much for listening to Do or Do Not.